So hello, everybody. I know you're here to learn about reinvention. And here's the question for you today. What happens when you are doing great, you love what you do, you've been doing it for a long time, 30 years, you're commuting for an hour and a half, you're the good girl, you are killing it, all that, and look, it still doesn't go your way. There's a downsizing, the company changes, and you're stunned, you're not prepared. What do you do? How do you move on from there? Well, I have a good friend who is also a uh, editor-in-chief of magazines. Her name is Linda Fears. A lot of you probably know her. She ran Family Circle for many years. She was very prominent in the field. And like all of us, she was an overachiever. She did it all right. She she knew how to manage people. She wasn't crazy. She was, she knew, you know, she was right in the lane doing it all right. And what happened? Well, the company changed. And that had nothing to do with her. She she just was surprised by it, which is something we talk about um, in the discussion that we have. But the wonderful thing about it is it took her a little time to figure out what she was going to do next. And she was in her 50s and she found it and she found one of her old loves. And she'd already been doing a lot of it was nutrition and food. She loved to cook. And she said, how can I turn this into something that is important to me for this second part of my life? How do I still continue to help people, which is what I love to do from publishing? And how do I continue sort of working with people and informing them um, and bringing good information to them? And that's how she found her way to a fabulous blog, which is called Good Food Rx, which teaches us how to eat better, how to eat more healthy. And she also does recipes. So she does everything she loves to do. And she works also with people one-on-one. Um, -on -one. And then of course, with the pandemic, she was able to start working with people remotely as well. So it's a wonderful story about turning something around and finding exactly what you want at this point in your life and totally enjoying it. So here I have for you, Linda Fierce. So Linda, so good to see you. I'm so delighted that you're here with us today. I'm so happy to be here as well. And it's so wonderful to talk to another former editor-in-chief and see all the great things you're doing. I'm so proud of you. I love what you do. I think it's really inspirational. I think everybody on this podcast who listens is going to be really inspired by you. And we'll go out and um, pick up the Good Food Rx blog as well because it's healthy for you. <laughs> That's right. And who doesn't need that right now? Oh, so my I'm really God. happy to be here. Oh my right? <laughs> God, after sitting at home and like, that's one of the big issues. So let's talk exactly. a little bit about how the hell did you get into publishing, girlfriend? Oh my goodness. It was not a straight route for sure. I mean, I was a liberal arts major in college. I was a government major and um, on a whim, honestly, I applied to a, I went to Cornell and I applied to this Cornell and Washington program. So it was uh, a semester away from school in DC run by the university. And for some reason, I just decided to apply for an internship in a magazine. I really don't know why. I wasn't one of those kids that was obsessed with magazines at all. It just seemed like it would be more interesting than doing something, you know, really strictly political. So I got an internship at the Washingtonian magazine, and I just loved it. Now, this was the first semester of my senior year. 
And because uh, I'd gone to Italy the semester before, <laughs> I didn't want to be in Ithaca for all that many years. It was a little cold up there. But um, I, I worked there and a light bulb went off. I mean, I really just had no idea what I wanted to do when I was a senior in college. So I had a, a really just great experience um, at the Washingtonian. They, they let me do a lot there, um, interviews and little write-ups. So I started applying to magazines. And like I said, I, I wasn't a kid that really, you know, I read People magazine, but I didn't really read a lot of magazines. I didn't really have a favorite or, or one that I wanted to get into. So I literally sent letters back then to about 75 different magazines. And uh, I ended up getting a job at a magazine that is now defunct, like so many of them are, but it was at Ladies Home Journal. So here I was, I was 22, I was starting in magazines, and I just really loved it. Um, I had a lot of different positions over the years, I bounced around to different magazine brands, and um, ended up at the end as the editor-in-chief at, at Family Circle, which was for about almost 12 years I was there. Um, you know, there's really, you know, looking back, I, you know, I, 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 I keep thinking, gee, was there ever a time where I thought maybe I should be doing something else or thinking about another career? But there really wasn't. I really just loved what I did. Everything about it, I loved being surrounded by creative people. I loved uh, the work we were producing. I felt it was really helpful. You know, my audiences were all women for all the books that I worked for. Um, you know, helping them lead better, happier, healthier lives. And that just seemed important to me. And I have three kids. So, you know, working full time and being away from them for that many hours every day, um, it was important to me that what I was doing was helpful in some way to other people that I was utilizing the time away from my kids, which was very hard for me um, in, in a positive way. So it was a great run, I have to say, um, until it wasn't. And so four years ago, just about four years ago now, I was laid off and it was the biggest shock of my life. And I don't know if I was stupid or naive or, you know, should have seen something coming. I was part of a pretty widespread layoff. Um, and there were layoffs at the company every few months. But for some reason, you know, because my magazine was doing relatively okay, it never occurred to me that I would be part of that. But, you know, at the end of the day, it was, I, you know, was a dollar amount that they had to cut. And intuitively, I understand that. But still, I was shocked and I was so upset. And I have to say, you know, for a few months, I, I just was feeling sorry for myself. I, I couldn't, I, I, couldn't do anything. I couldn't think about what else I wanted to do. I, I was really depressed. I probably should have talked to a shrink at that time, but I really just was floored. Um, but then, you know, after a while, I thought, all right, you know, I've got to get myself together. You know, I'm in my early 50s. I, I want to keep working. I want to do something. Um, but it was really clear to me that the magazine industry was just on a, a, a deep downward slide. And I could have tried to find something else, I suppose, but wherever I ended up probably would have, you know, closed anyway. I mean, P.S., you know, Family Circle is no longer. I was thinking about it the other day. Of all the magazines I worked at, I think one is still in existence. So, um, you know, and then it comes to the point where you think, all right, if it's not this industry that I've been in for 30 years, what do I do? So I, I did give it a lot of thought and talk to family and friends and you know, realized I had to do something within a subject that 
was really interesting to me that I was passionate about. And, uh, you know, it dawned on me that I've always been really interested in health and nutrition and food and cooking. Um, It's funny, all the magazines I worked for all had that content in it. Um, I liked all the content we produced, but when I really thought about it, I liked those subjects the best. Um, You know, part of it may have been that I grew up with a dad who was a cardiologist and we lived in a very healthy house. Um, I started, you know, I got married pretty young. I was only 22 and I got into cooking back then and learned to cook for magazines and really taught myself and just have always cooked and really loved to cook. I was never one of those people that thought it was a chore. Um, And then, you know, the health and wellness bit came along. One of the magazines I worked for years ago was American Health for Women um, in the early 90s. And I remember back then learning how bad processed carbs were for you and, and, you know, junk food in general, um, 20 years before everyone else is starting to realize it. So it's always kind of been in the back of my mind, something that I loved. And, uh, but, you know, I had no idea how to turn that into a business. I had no idea what to do. I had a lot of um, uh, experience uh, interviewing health professionals and doctors and and reporting on health and nutrition and certainly um, testing recipes and, and, you know, kind of understanding um, how to create menus and healthy food. But, you know, I didn't have a degree in it. I wasn't an RD. I didn't have, you know, any sort of um, certification. So I thought, all right, you know, I know that I can impart information to people that will be meaningful and helpful to them, but I felt like I needed um, more structure around it. So I started searching around for a program, an online program that um, would certify me in, in nutrition. And for a while, I couldn't really find anything. I was really just looking. I wanted something that was university backed because <clears throat> there are a lot of certification programs out there. Once you start to look, they just didn't seem very legitimate to me. Um, they sort of will teach you how to be a coach or teach you how to, um, you know, <clears throat> kind of help other people, but not in a way that I wanted to. And then one day I was scrolling through my Facebook feed and Cornell University, which is where I went undergrad, had just started a nutrition and healthy living certification online program. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is what I want to do. So I started maybe a month after they started that program. And it was a seven month online program. It was, it was pretty rigorous, I have to say. I mean, it was very science back, which is what I wanted, except it was, you know, reminding me of all the bio that I used to hate. <laughs> um, but really, really uh, helpful. And um you know, it just kind of spurred me to do a lot of my own research while I was I was taking these um, online classes for the program and, and digging deeper into food and health. And then I thought, all right, so now what? <laughs> um, and my first thought was, I want to start working one-on-one with people who either need to lose weight or need to make their diet healthier um, or who maybe have an issue like high cholesterol or high blood sugar or they're underweight or they need more energy or they're having trouble, you know, all sorts of things that food can really help with. Um, So what I decided to do was call a few of my friends and use them as guinea pigs, you know, of course not charging them and just seeing if what I put together as a program 
was, uh, you know, working? Would it work for them? Would I be able to, uh, you know, coach them successfully? Would I be able to come up with recipes that they'd be able to, to use at home? Because much of what I do is really based on make your own food, because it's really the best way to, you know, either be healthy or lose weight or, you know, be in charge of what you're putting in your mouth. Because if you're not making it yourself, you have no idea what's in it. So I did that for a little while um, in the hopes that, you know, these handful of people would be happy and successful and kind of spread the word. And so that's what happened. You know, a few of them posted locally for me on Facebook and, you know, kind of told friends about me, Um, you know, the ones that lost weight, it was sort of obvious to other people and they wanted to know how. And that's really how it started. I didn't you know, invest any money in this, really. My daughter's a graphic designer, so she created my website. Um, and it's just been word by mouth. And it's, it's been two years now that I've been, I've been coaching clients. And it's incredibly rewarding. I can't even tell you. I mean, every day I talk to somebody who says, gee, you know, I just feel so much better or, you know, this, that, or the other, you know, symptom has gone away or I dropped two clothing sizes or everyone's telling me how great I look or, you know, I went to my doctor and my numbers have all improved. I mean, it just is incredibly rewarding for me. So I started out doing one-on-ones and it was before the pandemic. So it was mostly in person, which was great. And then I also started right before lockdown talking to groups. So I went into the city a few times and talked at like wellness days at companies, Um, you know, did small groups at my home where I invited, I don't know, a dozen women over, it's mostly women, although I have some male clients now too, um, over and we just did sort of a group discussion um, based on a topic. I did those for, I don't know, probably three different times before we weren't allowed to see anybody anymore. And I have to say, you know, once the lockdown happened, I thought, oh, my God, what is what is happening? What am I going to do? You know, I, I really wanted to get more into the corporate wellness days because, you know, it's just more cost effective to me to talk to a lot of people than to do one on ones. And it was fun. Um, and then also just for private clients, I just feel like, you know, seeing them face to face and having that interaction is, is much more effective. But there was nothing we could do. So I started virtually consulting. And, you know, that's been okay as well. It's actually been a lot better than I thought. I do a lot of Zoom calls for people who like that, um, regular calls for people who don't care if we lay eyes on each other. And I've been able to expand the business outside of my local area because when you're on the phone and Zoom, you can help people from anywhere. So I have clients from lots of different states. And uh, that's been going really well. And I hate to say, you know, if there's a silver lining for me in the pandemic, it's that a lot of people have been eating really poorly, um, been stuck in their homes, haven't been moving or exercising very much. And, you know, are dealing with a lot of weight gain and, you know, leading to, you know, sort of depression and, you know, all sorts of other health issues because they're just, you know, not eating well. And, uh, so that's been that's been pretty good for me. Um, certainly looking forward to being able to you know see people one on one again. Um, but uh, I have to say, you know, this is all it's it's been a, a real learning experience for me. And I I 
thought I would really miss my old life. And I have to say, I, I, I don't very much. I, I'm, I'm really happy with what I'm doing. Um, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing to be in charge of your own hours and not, you know, having to clock in at a corporate job, which is what I always did. I mean, you know, commuted hour and a half or more every single day for 30 years um, and, and being in charge of your own hours and when you want to work out and, you know, do your own thing and, and, you know, kind of fitting your business in, um, you know, where it's merited. It's it's just been a a real kind of life change for me and a a really good one. So that's kind of where I am right now. Awesome. And so how did the, um, is the blog the basis of how you communicate or, do you so yeah, I should I other, should add that. Do you part. also so, do recipes in there? You share your recipes and how do you make up because if I'm not working with you, I'm interested in the blog where I can yeah, learn yeah. stuff, right? Exactly. So about a year ago I started a weekly newsletter that I call Wellness Wednesday, and each week is based on a different theme. So one theme could be, do you need more protein? Another could be, you know. Does everyone need an extra, you know, dose of vitamin D? Um, you know, is fat good or bad? You know, so I, I pick a different topic that I think is timely and interesting every week. I go through as succinctly as I can and, you know, which is not as hard for me as other people, having been a magazine editor, um, kind of explaining the, the science behind it and my thoughts about it. And then I always have a recipe related to that content. So that's been going on for about a year. I also, on my website, publish those newsletters as part of a blog. So if you go to my site, which is goodfoodrx.net, and go to the blogs, you will see those newsletters if you haven't signed up and be able to read the content and get recipes there as well. I also am very active on Instagram. I have about 25,000 followers now. And um, I post recipes and kind of what I'm cooking and products I like a lot, often, probably three, four times a week. Um, I've had a couple of companies reach out and, and you know, ask me to, uh, you know, uh, help promote products for them. Um, of course, I always, you know, need to decide if it's something I want to put on my Instagram account. But, um, you know, I've done that a few times. And, uh you know, that's a way to sort of, you know, keep myself out in the public. Um, anything I post on Instagram also goes on Facebook. So there's that social media presence in addition to the newsletter. Um, and then as much as I can and, and when, you know, we're allowed to be, you know, more social, I will start doing more around my area as far as, you know, in-group talks and things like that. What are the major issues you're seeing coming out of the pandemic? Is it that everybody's just gained weight because they couldn't? I mean, that was, I have to say, the thing that hurt the most for me was when they said you can't go to the gym. I was like, I felt like I'd had a spear put into my chest. It oh was my like, God, that too. was my release. You know, it's like I've been doing it since I was 20. And yeah, um, yeah. It, after that first three months, I'm telling you, my body was like jelly. It was really gross. I was with you. And, you know, it's funny. Um, I was the same way because, you know, I, I was very into orange theory. I don't know if you have that down there, but it's a high intensity training. Yeah. 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 And I went, 
very, and I was obsessed with it. And, and, you know, when that closed, I just thought, well, you know, what is happening? You know, what am I going to do? And I did try a few online classes and doing, I can't, I, I, I need, I realize that I'm the kind of person that needs to be in a small group um, with an instructor telling me what to do, pushing me on, encouraging me. Like I just get super lazy when I'm home and I, I was not pushing myself with these online classes, you know, on my laptop. So, um, so that's something that people are struggling with. There, there are some people who are able to do bar classes online and, uh, you know, their Pelotons and, and, but, but more often people just really aren't doing much of anything or they'll walk, but you know, that, that really doesn't help so much. So, yeah, so it's been, indoors too much, too much inactivity. Um, people are cooking more, which is potentially a positive thing. But for those people who have their kids at home all day long, their homes are filled with, you know, just a lot of junk and a lot of snacks and a lot of things that the kids like. And then, you know, as parents, they just sort of grab them because it's there or they're bored. Um, so I would say it's primarily a lot of inactivity, a lot of bad eating. And people, have, I mean, people have gained, you know, I've had clients say, I need to lose 50 or 60 pounds. I mean, I'm not just talking five pounds here. People have really, you know, let themselves go in a way and, 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 and don't feel well. And it affects not only sort of how you feel about yourself, but it affects your sleep. Um, it affects your mood. Uh, you know, it can often lead to depression, um, having a bad diet. and um, and also, you know, people for a long time were not going to the grocery store, uh, ordering online. Um, that's hard. You know, it's hard to sort of, you know, figure out what you want to make, you know, for a week. Um, if you're going to order it, you know, once or, or go to the store once a week. Um, you know, and a lot of people I know were just sort of, you know, grabbing things and, uh, you know, would end up at the end of the week throwing food out because they yeah, that didn't have was... a plan. That was the um, hardest. That was really tough. I have to say that whole, and I remember going to when they locked us down and, mm -hmm. you know, we're not, we're, we're suburban people moved to a city, but we didn't, we're not used to ordering. So we, you know, we go to the grocery store and I cook or whatever, but I got so terrified of the grocery store. I went right after lockdown, we were allowed to go to grocery and some guy started coughing around me. I flew out of there. Oh, I yeah. was so terrified Mm -hmm. I mean, I was terrified. And um, so I totally understand that. But that's so interesting. You're seeing a lot. Wow. You're seeing a lot of weight gain because some people actually a, lost a weight being home because they weren't, um, what they said to me is they were no longer having to commute. They were no longer, um, you know, there was a lot of time that they had given up. They weren't allowed that they, they took some of that time back and spent it on themselves. Yeah, I don't, I don't know too many people who lost yeah. weight. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, some people say, well, you know, a positive is that not being at the office, meaning there's not sort of the communal table of treats. And yes. so, you know, but on the other hand, when you're home, and like I said, you know, it's really for the people who have their kids at home. Yeah, the too. kids would be terrible. Um, yeah, I'm lucky my kids are gone. Yeah. Right, right. And then also a lot of people are, ordering in more often than they sure. used to. Sure, of um, course. And you're not ordering in fine dining. You're ordering right. in, you know, 
cheap takeout and, and that's right. really not good for you at all. So, you know, it's been a struggle. I have to say, you know, people have been struggling and, um, you know, I, I also was, you know, I, so I did orange theory and I also was doing bar class and when, and I have not gone back to orange theory because I, I believe that it's open partially. Yeah. I don't think but you can go back. It's too sweaty of a yeah, studio. It's too, it yeah. You have to wait. To yeah. Wait till you're but vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. I did go back to my bar studio. I do pure bar and um, they opened, reopened at the end of August at, um, Oh, wow. 50, I think it's 50%. They allow nine of us in the room at a time. And I have to say, I mean, they're incredible. They take the temperature at the door. You have to wear a mask. Everything is wiped down a thousand times. They have, mm-hmm. you know, one of those, you know, industrial mm-hmm. air filtration systems. And I feel safer there than I do at the grocery store. So oh, wow. I've been okay. obsessively going. That's <laughs> great. Good for you. That's mm-hmm. fabulous. It is. It's great. It's, it's really good exercise and it makes me feel good. So I've been trying to nudge clients to go with me. Some of them have. But, so uh, as we pivot out of, um, out of this, hopefully we're going to pivot soon in the next few months. What does that mm-hmm. look like for you? Cause you're going to pivot again, right? So you'll go back more or less to what you were doing before, which is in person, or do you feel like your business changed for the better so that you're going to have some in-person clients and then some people, um, who are online and it actually helped your business, right? Yeah, I think it helped because, you know, I figured out how to, um, work with people online over the phone, um, successfully. So I, I do want to continue that because that allows me to work with people who don't live near me. Um, but I, I'm really looking forward to going back to in-person um, for local people, because I do think that there's just, you know, something about being face-to-face with somebody um, and developing your relationship that way, um, you know, because there's a lot of vulnerability, especially for people who want to lose weight. Um, you know, you want to <clears throat> develop that trust. Um, I, I want to lay eyes on them. I want them to lay eyes on me. And that's another thing. I mean, I'm you know, a billboard for myself. I'm, I'm a really healthy eater. I am, I'm in really good shape. And, uh, you know, for people to see sort of how I lead my life, I think is helpful to inspire them to, to do the same. So for me not to be able to be out there and, you know, mingling among people, whether it's at a store or at a restaurant or, you know, just letting people know what I do, um, you know, as part of a conversation, uh, you know, once I can get back to that, I think it'll, it'll really help me a lot. And like I said, you know, getting back to those small group talks, um, getting back to being part of, of various companies, wellness days, um, will, will really help too. And, you know, it's something I really like. I like, you know, I, I had a lot of experience, um, in my previous life as an editor, talking to groups, doing a lot of television. Um, I do enjoy, uh, you know, talking one-on-one, but I enjoy talking to the group as well. So Linda, what, to go back to the transition where you mm-hmm. got moved out of something you loved, you spent your whole life there. And mm-hmm. there's a, there's a, there's a while of mourning. And for you, it, it came as a surprise. I was lucky that i I mean, I thought they were going to close us, close Moore's Magazine down from the day I walked in. So the fact that it took them eight years was a shock. Nobody believed me. Um, right. 
but where you were in a different situation. I mean, you were doing great. Your magazine was fine. And, you know, who knew? I mean, like I was as shocked as you were. How do you, yeah. for people who are in that situation, how do you let yourself, you kind of have to mourn it, right? In order to get oh on my to God, the next yeah. thing. I was devastated. I really was like, I, I mean, I really felt like the first morning where you don't have to get out of bed, it, it's terrifying. It's, it's, it's the worst feeling in the world when you have no idea what you're going to do next, when your life is literally cut off, like don't come back tomorrow kind of cut off. It is just the biggest shock. And, you know, I, I, I keep thinking back, like, should I have known? Should I have prepared myself? You know, what could I have done differently to protect myself? And I, I don't know if there was anything, um, you know, that I can pinpoint, although I will say for people who are in, particularly in corporate jobs, like just always assume that something could potentially happen because the company could go under, the company could be taken over, it could downsize, it could, you know, there's so many things that I think everyone should always, in the back of their mind, think, if this ends tomorrow, what would I want to do? And I didn't think that way, and I probably should have, so it took me some time to figure out what I wanted to do. It turned out okay, but uh, I think everyone should really, you know, always, and not only that, but, and I know you did this when you went back to school, like, always, you know, think about what else you want to learn about? What else you want to become uh, or have an expertise in? And, you know, take that online class or, or in-person class when you can. And, uh, you know, that could spark an interest you didn't realize you had. And, and, you know, when you do need to pivot or want to reinvent yourself, you know, there's something that you can, you know, kind of use as a jump off point. Um, you know, before I, I focused on, on nutrition and wellness, I was thinking about other things that, you know, I love to cook and I thought, well, I'm not going to be a personal cook. That sounds terrible. I love to knit and I've knit since I was a little kid. And I remember saying to my husband one day, like, I could just knit like baby sweaters and blankets and sell them. And he looked at me and he's like, how are you possibly going to make more than like 20 bucks doing that? I mean, it's, you know, the, the, the wool is expensive. It's very labor intensive. And like literally at the end of the day, how much could you charge? So I thought, all right, you know, you're probably right. That's not the best idea. But, um, you know, so I would say, you know, everyone who, who has a job, you know, even if you love it, kind of think about what else you would love. I wish I, would, I had done that. And I think, you know, uh, landing in, in my next career would have, have been a little more seamless. Um, but I know that's hard to do, especially when you're doing something you love, like I was. I mean, it just never occurred to me. So interesting, because I spent so much time um, because of the of more. I was lucky mm -hmm. enough that more was so much about the transitions. And I'd heard so many of those stories that I actually yeah. used to go around telling people that it didn't matter if what job you had. You always had to have a reinvention plan in your back pocket because you don't yeah. know what's going on unless you look, right. even if you're the CEO, you don't know. Um, yeah. And that, mm -hmm. you know, people are, and, and I had so many people, um, you know, who live near me or whatever. And they'd be like, Oh, I've been a banker here for 22 years and they love me and it's wonderful. And then three months later I'd hear, Oh, we were just bought by a bank in Atlanta. Everybody's moving to Atlanta, which I can't do. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, yeah. that's what I mean. It has nothing to do with you half the time, or it has, you know, right. you've been merged with something and they've got to cut half the jobs. There's a serendipity today um, and a brutal corporate, I don't know, attitude that does not take people into concern. And it is what it is. And you sign up for that, the good part, and you sign up for the bad part, but you always must be on guard that it can happen. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it has nothing to do with how to good do with you, you are, or how valued you are. You're they not, love you. Not. They may love you, but lo- your job oh, is expendable. You. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they'll continue telling you they love you even when they say goodbye. Right. So <laughs> it's not that they <laughs> don't. It's just your job is no longer needed or they need your salary or, you know, it's, 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 it's more often than not is you're too expensive. Yeah. Um, and you can be expensive as you get older because you have a bigger salary. Yeah. Yes, correct. That's true. Correct. So and this is, a you know, a lot of, a lot of people in their fifties, you know, this is what happens. Yes. You get to a point, you're at the top of your game, That's right. you're, you're earning, you're earning a, a great salary and then it comes back to bite you. Yes. So, you know, it's, it's, but I have to say, you know, um, the first part is, is trying to figure out, you know, what you want to do that you will love as much, if not more than what you were doing. So that's part of it. And then the other part of it is, how do you start a business, right? How do you, yes. how do you go from, Correct. you know, your job where you know exactly what you're supposed to do every day and, and, right. and you know where to go and, and who you need to talk to and yeah. all of that to, to being completely, bu- I mean, literally like, I know, I mean, you know, going from people to assistance to, you know, doing everything yourself I know. Is, is, a, is a little, it's a little shocking and it's you have to scary. teach yourself a lot, a lot. Yes. I mean, you know, teach yourself how to, how to post online properly and, and teach right. yourself how to, you know, create a newsletter and, and then how MailChimp works. And all yes, things. I, I mean, know. You know, so, um, but, but I, I have to say that learning how to do all that is, is, is also great. You know, it's, it's great to, and, and, and everything's online. So you really can teach yourself anything. It is amazing Which, uh, how you can learn to be so self-sufficient today. Yeah. And that, I think having been, you and I were both in the same type of business, which in, for most of our careers, you had to work for somebody else to do the kinds of things that we did. And the fact that we were very lucky to have been laid off at a time when that was no longer true. And that's you right. Could, exactly. Yeah. When we started, you couldn't just no, go out and, and you couldn't, and, and, you know, couldn't, you couldn't find an audience. Online. No, yeah, yeah. you had to go work for somebody else. There was no other that's choice. Right. And right. so we were lucky and I'm so proud of you. And I want to say thank you for your time. Thank you for those great recipes. Everybody should go and check out the blog, get on the newsletter. And um, I love, I'm just so, I'm just so happy. I'm, it's just wonderful to see how we all have, you know, turned the corner and look, it's no fun when that all happens, but it happens. And I think the, happens. the best, mm-hmm. the best revenge is standing up on your own two feet and marching forward. And I don't know, you know, I am so, so happy doing what I do. I get to really go to the core of what I love, which is connecting women and teaching them and putting in front of them the services and products that they need. And that is such a joy. And that's really basically what we did in magazines. It's not that different. It's just the vehicle's different. 
You're exactly right. I mean, you know, if, if what you did was, you know, imparting information to people that you felt would, you know, better their lives, you know, there are ways to do that on your own. And I think we've both figured that out successfully. You know, one funny note is that a woman who used to work for me years ago is now writing for Westchester Magazine, which is a, a local magazine here. And uh, she interviewed me a couple of weeks ago for an upcoming issue. So it was, you know, funny to be on the other side of, you know, yes. that magazine is, that magazine still exists um, yes. on the other side of, of the fence. And, uh, you know, I was able to, so, you know, again, uh, she found me, but, but, you know, being proactive as, as an entrepreneur, you know, owning, you know, starting a business and trying to get the word out there, um, you know, you really have to find those outlets. So, you know, happy to be in that magazine, which has a pretty decent local audience. Um, but also just, you know, you really have to be on social, you have to uh, kind of do whatever you can to promote yourself, which is, you know, was not intuitive for me, I have to no, say, you know, I no, never hard. had to do that before. Right. Um, I right. never really wanted to. But, right. but you need to, you need to promote yourself and your business. Um, yeah, and, well, then everyone, you're forced to come to terms with it when you're in corporate life. And I'm sure that anybody who's been in who's listening, who's in corporate life knows, you can be, I look at it as, you know, hands and fingers. You can just be one finger and you, all you have to do is what the pinky does really well. Mm -hmm. Somebody else mm -hmm. takes care of the other nine things. And when right. you're on your own, you have to confront a lot of your issues, whatever issues you have. Oh, I'm not good at tech or I'm not good at asking people for money or I'm not, all those things come up. And that's yeah. how you grow. You know, like I found exactly. I had a problem asking for money. And luckily when I was an editor in chief, I didn't have to do that. Somebody was behind me and they would do that. So, oh gosh, I, that's so hard for me too. Or, or you yeah. know, how do you figure out how to, you know, price yourself? Price um, all that stuff, thing. which we didn't have to do. Yeah. But it's wonderful mm. when you start confronting it and you realize like, hey, I've got, I got an issue here and I'm not going to let it defeat me. I'm still going to want to do what I want to do, but I got to master this. So that's, That's right. And also just don't be afraid to, you know, ask people for advice to seek out, yes. you know, whether it's people, you know, who are in similar businesses or just do your research online, figure out how other people are making it happen. Um, you know, there's just a lot of ways to help yourself that, that, you know, you may not have ever had to do before, but you need to do now because, you know, the only way to get it going is if you do it yourself. Just one last question, because we, we have mm -hmm. to end, but were you sure. shocked after coming out of um, corporate life that when you would ask for help at how many people offered help and actually meant it? I would, that was the biggest shock for me coming out of, out of corporate. No one helped me when I was, a, no one said, how can I help you when I was in corporate? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they yeah. would do it yeah. now and they mean it. They still mean it and they do follow through. I mean, of course, a few people don't, but most do. Do you find that? I do. I do. It's it's fascinating to me. I feel in a way that even though we were so much more public back then, um, we were in a bubble. Yes. We were in such a bubble. Yes, I think and, so. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of refreshing to, you know, make all the decisions yourself. Uh, figure out what you want to do and don't want to do and how you want to do it. And, uh, you know, all those decisions you never had to make before. Um, yes. 
you can kind of pick and choose now. And, and, and that's, and like I said before, like having, you know, your own time is, is the biggest gift of all. I mean, you don't realize how much of your day is commuting or unnecessary meetings or stupid emails or, I mean, just hours and hours and hours. Corporate crap. Corporate crap. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Asking somebody for permission, checking on where that permission slip is. Why haven't they replied? It it Mm -hmm. was, it took me six months to get over that. That I could just (laughs) have an idea. (laughs) And I, yes, it was PTSD. It was corporate PTSD. And it was like, oh no, I can have an idea. I can talk to Linda at lunch, get a great idea, and by dinner implement it. I don't have to ask 20,000 questions, 25 people, and beg, and position, and promise, and twist myself into a pretzel to make nobody else intimidated by it. That's right. That's right. And that's, that's a fascinating and, and great thing to have happen. Well, good. And it's so wonderful to talk to you, Linda. And everybody's going to go out and check out your Good Food Rx. And that's I'm right. so happy to talk to you. And you and I are going to talk this a little bit this weekend as well, because I want to check in with you and see how you're doing. So good. thanks Looking for being on here. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much. Take care. So thank you, everybody, for joining us for this discussion. I hope you enjoyed the talk. I hope that all of you will take the advice of it doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. If you're in corporate life, please, 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 please have a reinvention idea in your back pocket. It doesn't matter how good you are, how much you're worth, how much they love you. It doesn't matter. I mean, look what happened in the pandemic. The whole thing is thrown thrown up in the air and we have to do the pickup sticks ourselves. Always have another idea in your back pocket and it can be something you do on weekends. It can be done something when you travel. It doesn't have to be full-time work, but it should be something else you love to do so that all your eggs are not in one basket. Anyway, I hope that you, if you enjoy what you heard here, that you will listen to the rest of the podcasts. I hope that you will subscribe. And of course, mosey on over to the Covey Club blog, which we have a whole club over there. We have great content. We have an app. We connect you with other women just like you. We do masterminds. We do classes. We do all kinds of things to help you find what's next for you. And that is our goal. So come join us and come back here again when we broadcast again. Take care.